0: And just like that, all of us go from thinking about what might be like this coming April when new NFL players are being selected to what might have been if the Bears would have treated August with some reverence, if they would have played their regulars and all of the guys would have been healthy in those OTAs because it was a wasted month and the Bears paid for it the first three weeks of the season and now they're chasing but they finally have a win. It's been almost a year, so cheers, Bears fans. Here's, here's to you after your team's 40-20 to 20 win over the Washington Commanders to get week five of the NFL season started. And just like it was at Soldier Field last week against the hapless Denver Broncos, Justin Fields, sparkled in the first half. He was terrific. Three first half touchdown passes for the second straight week. A Bears quarterback has not done that first quarter touchdown passes, three of them in back-to-back games. He's absolutely off the charts good on Thursday night football. Uh, His numbers not as staggering as they were against the Broncos, but he didn't make very many mistakes, and the Bears kept their foot on the gas for the most part in the second half. There was a little bit of sluggishness, but they were also overcoming some injuries when they lost the rookie Roshan Johnson with a concussion, and then Khalil Herbert got twisted up on one of Justin Fields' few bad passes on the night. I think that aggravated his ankle a little bit. It became a little bit dicey when you've got Kari Blassing game carrying the football in Vailas Jones. People were screaming for him in social media to get a chance to be a running back. I-, I thought the Bears played it right from a personnel standpoint from that regard. But man, what a what a weird game. 40 to 20. The Bears are winners over Washington. Week five is underway. Thanks for joining me. My name is Dan McNeil, and you're listening. And maybe watching the Danny Mac Podcast courtesy of the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. And I want to remind you, you can get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to ten thousand dollars in bonus money. Bet ten dollars in same game parlays with the squares icon, and you can earn a square. I didn't know what to expect. In this football game, I I thought there would be a lot of points, and again, the Bears go over, and easily. The total in the game, I think, went off at 46.5. Washington was a a 5.5 to a 6-point favorite. Uh, They obviously come up way short. They, They played the Eagles tooth, fang, and claw this past Sunday, but they were out of gas at the end of that one. And didn't have any jump. Didn't have any effort, uh, any any success, I meant to say, in their running game. And Ron Rivera is not a guy who's ever going to want to throw the football 51 times. And that's what Sam Howell had to do because of the deficit early. The commanders were forced to go up top. And look what happens to the Bears' pass rush when they send extra pressure. Because you're not going to do it with those D linemen. And the free agents who were signed by Ryan Poles in the offseason, talking about Edwards and Edmonds, are not pass rushers. I mentioned that when they made the moves. A lot of money for for a couple of linebackers who don't force fumbles, who don't get sacks, who don't get picks. You know, a lot of tackles are great, but there's a lot of money tied up in those two guys. But nonetheless, I'm going to do my very best not to, not to pee in your Cheerios on this one because there are way more positives than there are negatives, and none greater than D.J. Moore. It is not the single greatest game in Bears history. I thought it might be. If you would have told me only one guy had more receiving yards than uh, Moore did on Thursday evening with his 230 receiving yards, he had three touchdowns on the night, the last one was the backbreaker when Kendall Fuller tried to jump the route and just came up short. Me, that's a play he makes two or three years ago. He doesn't make it, and Moore goes 56 yards. He finishes with 230. My answer to the trivia question would have been Marty Booker. I seem to remember Marty Booker and Jim Miller having some prolific games in 0-0 and 0-1. I was at a couple of those. One in San Diego when Miller threw for 400 yards in a game, and one in Tampa the following year. DJ Moore is having a terrific year. That's what a first. That's what a WR one looks like, doesn't it? it? It's we're we're not used to seeing guys in a Bears uniform playing that position, streaking down the field with the ball in their hands. He's just uh, the grace, the flowing robes, striking. Fun to watch in case you haven't uh, haven't heard some of the numbers. I want to share, you know, you, you obviously you're aware of what Fields did and you're aware of what D.J. Moore did, but there are some numbers here that I, I can't live with. And, again, I want to give credit to the Bears' pass rush. Greg Stroman, Jr., who had uh, one of their two takeaways, he had a pick. He also had a sack uh, in the game against Washington. He's played with a lot of heart these last couple of weeks. I don't know if he is NFL timber, but I've seen a lot more heart from him than I've seen from some of their veterans. He's around the football and today around the quarterback. In in this case, Sam Howell, who does not feel pressure very well. And I'm happy the Bears got five sacks. I'm happy for you, Bears fans, especially on a day when legend Dick Butkus passes away. And I'll I'll have a few words for Butkus before I say goodbye at the end of this game review. Um, I I just, I want to see more. And I, I, I want to see um, defensively getting off the field. You cannot give, you, you cannot give, especially average offenses and I don't care what they did against Philadelphia last week. Washington is not a potent offensive football team. Are you going to tell me that a guy with six or seven career starts in Sam Hall can be taken all that seriously? No, maybe someday he'll be a fine quarterback, but he's still a baby. He's 23 freaking years old and he looked like he was he was flustered Thursday night. They didn't protect him well. That's been a problem, but he hangs onto the ball way too damn long. He looks often like Justin Fields looks on the other side. Get rid of the football. Well, the Bears got him five times. That gives them, what, seven sacks on the season? And they doubled their turnover total for the year. That's right. They now can say they've done it against an NFL starter. Stroman Jr. got Howell. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, they got Blaine Gabbard. And after the game, Matt Eberflus was glowing about that. The Bears also recovered a fumble. Terrell Smith, when uh, the tight end, Logan Thomas, was trying to get those extra yards and chugging and chugging. And it felt like it was going to be one of those things, just like last Sunday against Denver, didn't it? I mean, when it gets cut to 30 to 20, After the Curtis Samuel touchdown, then the two-point conversion failed. But I still thought that 10-point differential, I think Washington's going to get him. I think we'll probably go to overtime. Howell doesn't see the running back, Gibson, Antonio Gibson, 24, wide open, and he gets... He gets cracked up at around the one-and-a-half, two-yard line, and the two-point conversion goes nowhere. So it remained a 10-point game. And then Fields and Moore answer with that 56-yard touchdown reception. It's very, very impressive from a Bears standpoint. Fields on the night, 15 passes uh, completed for uh, out of 29 attempts 282 yards, four touchdowns. He was not intercepted. Man, not intercepted. The Bears didn't turn it over. Good things happen when you take care of the football. Good things happen when you get off the damn field. Washington was 6 out of 12 on third down. That's another another number that really is bothersome to me. The Bears got to get off the field on third down better than this. They have a chance now, believe it or not, as as weird as this seems, because nationally the story this week has been, is Matt Eberflus the first head coach to get fired? And the Bears, who'd never done that in season, were, were being discussed by NFL national experts like Peter King, who said it the other day. He said, it wouldn't shock me if the Bears come up short Thursday against Washington if Eberflus doesn't survive it. I started to wonder when the Washington, My want is to call them the Redskins, the commanders start making that comeback. And there's a little part of me that is curious to see what George McCaskey, who probably is the guy still responsible for it, even though we're told it's Kevin Warren, would he pull the plug if they were to blow a lead, a big lead against a beatable opponent in back-to-back weeks? Now they're, they're just, Kicking their ass all over the field in the first half. And to their credit, they didn't take the foot off the gas near the end of the second quarter. They got more points. They got points on that Cole Komet touchdown pass to make it 27 to 3. That's that's great to, to not sit on those leads. Don't let precious time waste away. Have some urgency. If you got time to huddle, do so. If there are timeouts, relax. But damn it, did they waste the last one minute and 45 seconds, the final minute and 45 of the second quarter against Denver this past week at Soldier Field. How about 8.5 yards per pass attempt? That's monster. That's that's Herbertian, as in Justin Herbert, not Khalil Herbert. Dave Wanstead on Bears Post tonight calling Justin Herbert I'm calling Khalil Herbert. I just did it. Justin Herbert. He's got his Herberts mixed up, just like I did a second ago. 5.6 yards per rush, and that's Khalil Herbert, who got hurt, as I mentioned, 10 carries for 76 yards. Roshan Johnson leaves with a concussion 10 days now before their next opponent, and here's what's coming up for the Bears. And this is the weirdness of this, because you go from listening to national people speculate on the future of your team's head coach, And you're starting to think about that first pick in the draft, whether it's yours or Carolina's. Obviously, with the Bears having both of those teams' picks, their own and the Panthers, there's a good chance they will have two picks in the top five. There's a chance they will have the first and second picks. But this win will pick them up. And they have Minnesota in the near future. That game is at Soldier Field. They have Vegas coming up they have the saints coming up they have carolina on the schedule in a few weeks they very easily could win four of their next five games not kidding they could be five and five the chargers are the only game on the schedule in the next five that says eh, i don't like that one so much now maybe you feel that way about minnesota Because Kirk Cousins is not going to make some of the same mistakes Sam Howell made. And you can laugh at Kirk Cousins all you desire. The dude has seven career, 4,000-yard passing seasons. Seven. The Bears haven't had one quarterback do that in the history of their franchise. Not once have the Bears been able to do that. So maybe maybe you feel like that's uh, that's a loss. I, I don't think it's a given as poorly as the uh, the Vikings have started this year, but uh, they have these Bears have winnable games coming up. Hey, victory chicken! Enjoy this one. I, I I feel the pain of Bears fans who legitimately are hurting during these days, hearing guys I I know and and like former players. Some of them who played for the Bears. Some of them guys like Walter Payton's son, Jarrett, I heard earlier this week talking about he's tired of going to the grocery store to buy milk. And people are saying, hey, what's wrong with these guys when they win a game? It's not that Jared is bothered by people checking in on with him when he's grocery shopping. He's just tired of hearing the negativity about the Bears. Now he has his win when he's in the dairy section. You can tell him, hey. Hey Justin Fields had another big night and the Bears put 40 points on the board and they beat the Washington Commanders. So at least for a week Matt Eberflus his staff and his players know what it's like to win a football game and they did it because they played well on both sides of the ball. How about that? Since I was in my late teens I've called football my favorite sport but before that time arrived and it was because of what my high school experience was as an amateur athlete i got way more out of out of playing football than i did playing baseball even though i was a better baseball player I won't bore you with that but I, I just my memories of of football as a young kid are not as as vivid as my memories of baseball i can go over some individual series the cubs lost in the summer of 1969 as they squandered a huge lead and lost in their opportunity to uh, to go to the World Series, the Cubs were uh, at an eight and a half game lead in August, and I could tell you about yeah Pittsburgh and there were tr- there was trouble at Forbes Field, and I can tell you about Tom Seaver and the near perfect game against the Cubs at Shea Stadium, Ron Santo with the black cat and the index circle, but I don't remember much about the one in thirteen Bears of nineteen sixty nine. Dick Butkus, when I got to him, unfortunately for me and anybody who's got the same memory I do of it, was at the end of his career. He was a mascot in a football uniform. The Butkus we saw on NFL films with the breath coming out of the, you know, the full cage face mask sitting on the Bears bench or planting an Atlanta Falcons running back or Uh, Lions, a lot of highlights against the Lions, it seems like. Maybe that was because they were one of the few teams the Bears beat in Butkus' run. But he was a son of a bitch. I mean, he was one of the most intimidating players, a feared player around the league, a sideline-to-sideline player, and a guy who was a Chicagoan. I don't remember that guy. I've only seen him on film. Unfortunately, 73 his last of nine NFL seasons, another losing season for the Bears. And that's what's so hard to figure out. How could this team not have won when Butkus and Gail Sayers were in the same draft class of 1965? Butkus died at the age of 80, uh, peacefully in his sleep, as we all have been told by his family in his, at his home in Malibu, California. Never got to know Dick Butkus. Never had great experiences when I tried. I'm gonna leave that and uh, and just talk about the the icon he was from Chicago Vocational University of Illinois two way starter played for Pete Elliott's Rose Bowl team was you know played fullback played for the Bears first round pick of '65 they lost their first three games that year. But they managed to win nine of their last eleven. Just missed the playoffs. The nine and five Bears of '65. That's as close as Dick Butkus ever got to the postseason. There was only one more winning year. Believe it or not, the Rudy Bukich era Bears were not good. Bobby Douglas, Jack Concannon. I mean, there were some really bad quarterbacks before many of you were even born. So for those of you whose bad list starts with Will Fuhrer or, or Moses Moreno, man, there's there's a lot of history here of guys who couldn't play that position. But Butkus, from all accounts, was as fearsome as they came and was was one of those guys who could have played in any era. From what people I trust told me about him, he was not just an inside linebacker who couldn't play in coverage. He was a sideline-to-sideline side player like Brian Erlacher after him was. And an intimidator. A son of a bitch. A guy who would break your jaw racing you to the newspaper stand back in the days of newspaper stands. Uh, a famous actor. He, he went on to star in television and film. He was very enthusiastic in his his couple of years, including my one year at WGN Radio in the Bears broadcast booth. Butkus was the analyst the year they went to the Super Bowl. Wayne Larravee was in his rookie year broadcasting for the Bears. And the analysts were former St. Louis Cardinals quarterback. And I said that right. St. Louis Cardinals quarterback Jim Hart, and Dick Butkus, and I used to joke that Butkus is paid by the grunt because often he wouldn't analyze anything. He would just, ooh, and ah, and give you the emotion that uh, that a lot of fans want from an ex-player because he feels it just like you do. And uh, Butkus' kids, uh, nephews, all University of Illinois people, it is I-L-L-I-N-I. For the Butkus family exclusively I was not expecting this news I was just thinking the other day I heard a commercial Butkus was hustling something On sports radio And I don't know when the commercial was Was recorded It may have been recorded 10 years ago But it didn't sound like it It sounded like something that was done more recently Based on the content of it And I said man Dick Butkus sounds good He sounds lucid he sounds like he knows what he is reading and uh, just doesn't sound like a guy who's 80-ish. And it's exactly what he was when he passed away this week. I uh, didn't expect that news. Uh, and it's it's something that is part of life for all of us. You know, you uh, I'm 62. So obviously the guys I grew up who were professional athletes or actors or musicians, and I was fond of sports, music, and movies as a very young man are starting to leave pretty regularly and in big numbers. I, uh, I hope to eulogize many more of them. I hope to be here to talk about a lot of people I covered who uh, were my age at some point. That's just one of the things that life throws at us that uh, we have no control over. And for those of you who truly have been pained by the passing of Dick Butkus. My thoughts are with you. Billy Williams is uh, is one that will uh, will hurt when uh, when that day arrives. I'm told the Whistler is in OK health. I was a fan of his as a kid uh, more than any other professional athlete. Uh, the Cubs left fielder who was inducted into baseball's Hall of Fame in 1987 became a friend of the show for a few years. It's been too many years since I've had the chance to talk to him. But as it was when Bobby Hull passed, or Stan Makita oh, those are going to be tough days. Lots more of them ahead. Life happens. Dick Butkus was 80. He left an indelible impression on the league. He is one of the best defenders ever to play the game. I am ill-qualified to say if he's the best Bears defender ever. I didn't see him play. I mean, I wasn't educated enough. What I remember of him, what I remember of him wasn't good. His knees were shot. He shouldn't have played the nine years he played. Again, I'm not exaggerating when I say a mascot in uniform. That's what Butkus was near the end. But uh, certainly among them, among the greatest players And uh, just ask around, ask anybody who played in the league in the 60s or 70s or watched it with a much more intelligent eye than mine at the time. And they will tell you he was everything the NFL films people tell you he was. So that's a sad day for Bears fans. Dick Butkus lived to be 80 years old. That's a nice life. And he accomplished uh, a ton and uh, was a credit to his his teachers, coaches and his family and friends. I want to thank you for listening to this uh, post-game edition, second straight week of the Danny Mac Podcast. I'm, uh, I'm going to promise you that we'll be back on our normal schedule this coming Monday when I review everything that happened in week five. In the NFL, some good games this weekend. Go San Francisco. I'm laying the wood. I'm getting back this weekend. Sam Michael is my executive producer. Adam Delibut runs the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. We thank Randy Merkin for handling most of our guest responsibilities, as well as Alex Pastor and Troy Mocker in the research and development and social media departments. Thank you very much for listening. The Bears are winners 40 to 20 the final over Ron Rivera's Washington Commanders. Back Monday with more football chatter. Have a great weekend everybody. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.